0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've never served on a jury, but I've been called for duty a few times. I've even gone through voir dire once, but was not selected. But I know that many people, when they get that notice to appear for jury duty, just ruins their day or maybe their week. But uh, I've picked juries before, and I'm always very, very grateful for the people who do show up. However, here's a story that Scott sent me out of Florida. Nick Papantonis wrote this. Judge hits juror who lied and caused mistrial with maximum sentence. It is a juror who's going to serve time in jail. So this is from WFTV. Uh, The woman looked very small as she faced a judge Thursday and found out what happens when you make a judge mad. She found herself on the wrong side of the law back in October when she was called to serve on the jury of the resentencing of a man. The man had been found guilty of murder back in 2012. He had received the death penalty. However, the sentence was overturned by the Florida Supreme Court, which ruled that death penalty sentences need to be unanimous. So they're going to redo a portion of the trial just on the sentencing. So she and her fellow jurors spent three weeks listening to testimony and then were in deliberations for six hours when the jury was unable to reach a unanimous decision on the first day, this woman told the judge she had spoken to a friend about the case and had heard outside information, which, of course, is a violation of the court's rules. When you are seated on a jury, they will tell you, do not speak to anybody about this case. Don't watch the news. Avoid it. Don't, don't, nothing. You're only going to consider what you hear in this courtroom come out of witnesses or the judge itself. Okay? Okay. You're only going to consider the evidence that gets introduced into trial. Now, you might say, but Steve, what if somebody walked the room and started talking about it? Well, at that point, you, you have to get away from them and tell them to stop. But that's not all that happened here. With the alternates already dismissed, the court was forced to call a mistrial. Now, the woman admitted she lied about speaking to a friend and blamed a combination of depression, discomfort with law enforcement, and financial stress from not getting paid during the trial as reasons why she threw a wrench in the proceedings. She issued a series of apologies to the court, to court staff, the victim's family, and witnesses for what she had done. She said, I'm extremely sorry for lying, and then she burst into tears and said she's seeing a doctor for her health concerns. Prosecutors went through her excuses starting with the fact that they asked each juror at the beginning of the trial if they had any medical reason or financial reason why you don't want to serve on the jury. And so you can say, I'm concerned about how long the trial is going to take because I don't know how I'll survive without the money I'm going to lose for a six-week trial. And if there are enough jurors, there's a good chance they're going to say, you know, something we will just let, we'll let you go. But you've got to say that. And don't forget that when you're being questioned as part of a potential jury, you're under oath. They ask you questions. This is serious stuff. This is not just small talk at the local diner. This is serious stuff. So she had said that she was fit to serve and had no problems. They also called other jurors to testify against her and confirmed that she knew that her lie would throw the proceedings out despite the jury having made up its mind about this man's sentence. They said one juror merely wanted to sleep on their decision before telling the judge. She said she's going to make that a mistrial, one of the other jurors said, adding that the woman was visibly angry about not being able to go back to work and had slept through most of the deliberation. So she's not even deliberating, she's sleeping So the judge sternly told her he wouldn't buy her excuses either and sentenced her to 179 days in jail and imposed a $500 fine for contempt of court. He said she deserved to spend 280 days in jail, which would be one day for each juror and how many days each of them wasted. And he wished he could make her pay the $200,000 in court costs that were wasted by doing this case and throwing it out. But the law doesn't allow that. He said, you have thwarted justice more than anybody I've seen in my 42 years as an attorney. The judge said, your case deserves the maximum punishment that I can impose. So 179, I'm pretty sure that the law says can't serve more than 180 or something like that. The woman looks straight ahead as she was led off in handcuffs, in handcuffs. Outside of the courtroom, the state attorney who was overseeing the case agreed that justice was not served. Honestly, what she did was disgusting. So his team is busy preparing for another trial, scheduled to begin on January 16th, with 300 new prospective jurors and a new judge. Also preparing is the father of the victim, who described a phone call telling him about the mistrial as surreal. And he said he does not accept the woman's apology. That girl doesn't give a damn, he said. I can't wait to see her mugshot And that is the irony, is that you show up for jury duty, and somewhere down the road, you are in jail, having been handcuffed, fingerprinted, and mugshotted. And so she made up the story about speaking to a friend because she just wanted to get the deliberations over. And meanwhile, they said they were close to unanimous. They just needed one more day. And as a result of all of this, now they got to start all over again. So she is going to serve some time in jail, almost six months. And I've told the story before. I'm going to tell it again because not everyone's seen every video I've ever done. But years ago, I was in a courtroom in Oakland County Circuit Court, Pontiac, Michigan, and was waiting to put something on the record. I actually remember what it was too, but that's not important here. And I went into the courtroom and the judge was in the middle of a jury trial, but it was late in the day. And I'd spoken to the court clerk who'd said, come in today. The judge is on the bench in the middle of a trial, but he usually stops the trial around four o'clock. And so that gives them time to put other things in the record, take care of other businesses piled up while the trial has been going on. He goes, so if you get there while the trial is still happening, just sit in the courtroom and, and indicate to me that you're there. And so I said, okay. So I go into the courtroom, there's a jury, there's witnesses, something's happening. So very, very carefully go in and quietly sit down. And I see the clerk look over me and I just nod back. And the guy goes like that back at me. You know, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> and the judge uh, is presiding, and at one point, somebody says, no further questions, Your Honor, and the other side stands up and goes, no further questions, Your Honor, and the judge goes, okay, this would be a good time for us to take a break, Um, so uh, excuse the witness, people are leaving and stuff, and uh, the judge goes, is there anything else we need to do here before we just let everybody go home for the day? And a juror raised his hand, and the judge looks at him and goes, yes? And the, ju- the juror said, I won't be here tomorrow. I won't be here tomorrow. Not, I have a problem tomorrow, I have an issue tomorrow, something came up, he goes, I won't be here tomorrow. And the judge said, well, we've got trial tomorrow. Um, we need you here tomorrow? Yeah, I just won't be here. And he didn't say why, he says, I won't be here. And he kept saying it that way, I won't be here. And the judge said, do you remember us asking you during jury selection if you could be here for the whole week because it's a week-long trial? And the guy goes, yeah, but I, I won't be here tomorrow. And the judge turned to his bailiff and said, take him downstairs. And the jury, juror's looking around like, what? Bailiff walks over and goes, stand up. Guy stands up, he leads him out of the box, turn around, handcuffs him, and they walk out. Judge goes, how many jurors we got left? We got enough? Okay, we're good. So we put my thing on the record, and later I talked to the clerk. And I go, what happened? And he goes, well, the judge sent that guy in handcuffs down to where they hold prisoners. It's the equivalent of being in jail. And he goes, the judge was ticked off. But luckily, we had an alternate. Now, of course, the problem is that when you use that alternate on the last day of trial, if somebody else doesn't show up, or somebody gets hit by a car, or something. Then you got to start all trial over. And it was just strange the way the guy said it. I won't be here tomorrow. Not I have an issue. You know, I I, I have a problem. Because if the guy had a legitimate problem, but he never said that. And and I, towards the end of the little short exchange, the judge is like, "What do you mean? We we asked you." He just goes, "I won't be here tomorrow." He didn't say why. He didn't say. You know, I, my, my wife got hit by a car, I found her at lunch. I got to go to the hospital. I might not be here tomorrow. If it had been reasonable or addressed reasonably, it would have gone differently. But for him just gave, you know, say in front of the other jurors and the whole courtroom, "I won't be here tomorrow." That's not an option for you just to say that because of the fact they've invested all this time and effort into the trial up to this point. I don't even remember if it was a criminal trial civil. I don't know I don't remember anything about it otherwise. You know, I'll I'd, I'd let you know. But the key was I saw the juror being let out in handcuffs, and I know a lot of people go, "Steve, that is so bad. That is so bad to, to treat a juror that way." People are told and should absorb the fact that courts are very, very serious places, and what's happening there is very serious. That's why you're sworn when they ask you questions about being a juror to make sure you're telling the truth, and that's why you should take it very seriously. And, and so. <clears throat> It's an extreme thing to lock up a juror or to throw it in jail for 179 days. But when you hear that a juror intentionally caused a mistrial and have to go through a several week long process again because she just got sick and tired of doing this, that's a problem. And if she had said at the front end, I have a problem, I can't afford to take six weeks off, your honor, I can't. I can't. And I can also tell you that I know somebody. And and just trust me, this story is true. But I know somebody who was the foreman at a plant. Okay? And he got a thing for jury duty. And the way his plant worked, if he wasn't there, there were people who were not allowed to work. Let's just assume those facts are true. And so my friend called me and said, Steve, I if I have to go to jury duty, all these people here, in essence, get laid off until I come back. I said, call the court and tell them that. And he did. And he called me back, he goes, you're not going to believe this. I go, what's that? And he goes, the court clerk said, we just noted your file, we will never call you again. And they never did. Now, I was a little surprised, because I would expect them to say, can you provide some kind of documentation to prove that? But... I don't know what all he told them. He just passed it along to me later. I didn't hear the phone call. But he basically said, look, here's the company I work at. If I'm not there, there's so many people who do not get to work. So it's not just me. It's a group of other people all missing work. And they said, that's okay. We won't call you again. There you go. So, you know, some people think that getting called for jury duty is like where you're being commanded to do something against your will. And in a roundabout way it is. But the court will be reasonable if you're reasonable with them. So don't try to trick them into getting a mistrial to get you out of there. Instead, at the beginning, to say, look, I can't afford to take all this time off and see what they do. If the court won't let you off, then I'd at least understand a little more where you're coming from, but I still disagree with doing it this way. So judge hits the juror who lied and caused a mistrial with a maximum sentence. Scott sent that. Thanks a lot from WFTV. Nick Papantonis wrote it. Questions or comments, put them below. I'll just talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching. Leto's Law. If you accept yourself as you are, you may find others follow suit.